You're listening to Shannon Taylor Talk, heart to heart with your fascinating online friends around the globe. We're talking to Thomas Moore, best-selling author of Care of the Soul. What is your spiritual understanding of the economic challenges the world is facing today? Are we being called as a global collective to get back to sacred living? Well, I certainly think so. I think that uh, all indications are that that the cause of our problems has to do with uh, uh, self-centeredness and and people trying to get what they can for themselves and not developing, not understanding the importance of a sense of community. And that's what money is really about. Economics is about community. And if you, if you lose that sense, then you're going to be in trouble. You just can't make it if everyone is just trying to... to uh, take care of uh, their own and that's you know and 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 not really be involved in the community how did we get so far away from community well i think it has to do with what i've written a lot about the narcissism of our age mm-hmm. and i think that i don't want to just blame you know moralistically blame people for being narcissistic mm-hmm. i think the problem is that we've We've created a society where it's difficult to be an individual, to you know, to do the work that you want to do and to express yourself and to feel like you're really somebody. Uh, I think there's a great struggle for that, both in terms of economics and work and in relationship. It's very hard to get these things in place so that you feel that your life is okay and that and that uh, you're, you're proud of yourself. And, and if you can't feel that way, then you have to insist on it in some other way. So, in other words, you might you might use money as a measure of your of your value of your success rather than more personal uh, matters and more you know deeper values i think that's where we are and i think it's an indication that our spiritual resources have not really touched us just going to church and just believing in something is not enough you have to really you really have to be inspired to live your life in a way that that where you reach out beyond yourself how difficult is it to keep your identity in the middle of the community and uh, uh, not have the sense of community, but like you were talking about being an individual within the community and expressing yourself yeah. as an individual? Right. Well, if, if you can't express yourself as an individual, if, if you're in a group of people where everyone is supposed to think alike, and that is going on all right. over the place, right. that, is, that to me is not the community. You can't define that as community. That's something else. You might call it a collective, mm-hmm. or it's, I don't know, it's a club or something where everyone has to be the same. That is not a community. The very idea, the very definition of community is individuals coming together, being able to both express their individuality and to live it, and also then to come together and enjoy the conviviality. That's a very big issue, value for me, conviviality, which means the enjoyment of life together. Uh, and I don't think we we have that. You know, we don't have we don't understand those distinctions. And uh, uh, being therefore being an individual, really being an individual and enjoying your individuality, and being able to enjoy being in a community, those two things go together. When they're not in place, we end up with narcissism mm-hmm. and collective thinking. How do we get? Um, how important is soul work and and how we go into the soul and then come out healthier in the society? I think a lot of us are afraid to go into the soul work and the deep soul work, so we're skating on that, that superficial ice. 
so to speak? It really depends what you mean by soul work. You know, I, it can mean a lot of different things. Uh, as I see it, it could be individual, uh, the individual effort to to deal with your past and the things that have kept you back in the past. Mm-hmm. To deal with your relationships, that's really an important thing. Uh, to find the work that's really going to respond, to correspond to who you are and what you want to do with your life. These are all different kinds of soul work. So those are deep. They're they're challenging. They're very. They require intelligence. Uh, they're substantive. Uh, now sometimes when people talk about soul work, I think they are talking about something very light and too easy, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really have to do with these these uh, immediate issues. But I think I think it's the soul work that I described that is necessary in order to finally create a you know a society that works. What what advice can you offer to the parents out there and, and the children, um, how to involve their children in, in expressing themselves healthily and uh, through a healthy manner and, and through soul? Well, the first thing is sacred think living. Parents, I think the first thing is for parents to uh, realize that they're, they're, they model and they create an environment, and the kids learn more through osmosis, through just being around parents, than they do from the actual things parents teach them. So I think it's really important for parents to model the kind of living that they that they think is important, and that means that parents are able to work out their own relationships, you know, to to establish a kind of uh, a way to to create a harmonious home, uh, not without total conflict. That's impossible, but you know, basically a harmonious home where children can feel safe, and also where the children learn how to deal with their own conflicts and the sense of values. And one of the things that I did in raising children I thought was important, my wife and I both have done, is to make sure that our kids had exposure to people that we thought were living a really, uh, you know, a really good lives and really making contributions. So um, I guess we had that opportunity because of my work. It puts me in touch with a lot of people like that. And we've always brought the kids around, even when they were very young to have experiences of people who are really extraordinary. And we still do that. So there, there are things like that you can do that I think are, they're more important than, I, I think the worst thing is to is to for parents to expect the kids to accept a certain philosophy or ideology. That's not necessary. It's more to model how to live as a human being and get along with people and, again, make a contribution to society. Mm-hmm. How do we move beyond fear? I mean, uh, fear is modeled in the home. How do we move out of that that fear of we're losing we're losing jobs, we're losing money, we're losing all these things, and and sometimes we need a little help coming out of that the fear factor and the paralyzing effects of that. Well, we all we can all be you know subject to fear, and sometimes that can be paralyzing, and mm. very difficult. And and I don't you know it's not a good idea to deny the fear and pretend that you're above it or to run into, you know, uh, find ways to distract yourself from the fear or to use religion to cover it over and say everything's going to turn out okay or something like that. I think that's not a good way to do it. In all these these matters of, of strong emotions, it's important to go through them and not around them, to actually take them on. And uh, so in a family, uh, there are economic difficulties just to face them and, and try to deal creatively with them and and not pretend that they're not there. Um, 
I think that children, you know, do see through. Uh, they see through it when parents are trying to just give them, uh, you know, maybe platitudes or assurances that are not real. So I think we have to be real. At the same time, kids can only take so much depending on their age, and they have to. They need strong assurance, but the assurances that are really real, based on a, the the adult's ability to, to handle things. So again, it goes back to adults. You know, if you, if if you don't have mature adults, you're not going to have mature kids. And, and, adults have to be able to deal with it. Right, and that brings up a good point. How do we get to to being a, a mature adults? We are adults in age sometimes, but yeah, not necessarily, right. you know, right. in maturity. So how how do we? Right. What are the from your well, perspective? The main way the main way you become an adult is by is by go, going through experiences, taking them on, not uh, denying it, not denying them, mm-hmm. not not avoiding them. I think that's that's really the issue. To, you know, almost every day there'll be something that will come along to any person where you can either avoid it or you can take it on and do it mm-hmm. and, and go through it. Whether it's a depression or a jealousy or an envy or fear or a challenge in the world, um, you've got to. I think we have to be able to um, to have the courage to do it. So there's a certain warrior warrior mentality, mm-hmm. a spiritual warrior mentality that's really important. I think not having that, we tend to be aggressive in the wrong ways. Right. If if you don't have that strong, firm warrior approach to life, where you take where you take life as it presents itself and do something about it, uh, we tend to that, our, our aggression then gets sort of freewheeling and and ends up being directed to the wrong things. So warrior is not brute force. I mean, not at all. Not at all. It's a, it's a it's a it's a good, solid, deep inner strength. And a capacity to um, to face challenges as they appear, and habitually face them rather than to avoid them. Mm-hmm. You you talked about depression. You just touched on depression. Um, you you said it was a gi- gi- depression is a gift, the gift of depression in the care of the right. soul. Now, what does that right. mean? Because there's so many people suffering from depression, and we right. don't really see it as a gift. Where you know we're talking no. medication and suppression, not it's a gift. Well, let's let's be clear. I, I don't say that depression is a gift. I talk in, the, in care of the soul about the gifts of mm-hmm. depression. So I don't think it's a great thing to be depressed. And no, but no, but that, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm misstated. That yeah. it's that it's a that it's there's a valuable lesson in. That's right. Right. Well, what I do, I go back to the old medical books that say that uh, uh, they talk about depression as Saturn, this the spirit of Saturn, and they say that that this. Depression can give you, uh, can help you age. We, we said before, how do you mature? Well, you mature by sometimes by being depressed, by allowing yourself to be depressed. I think that there are good reasons to be depressed in this world. You know, there are a lot of. That I just heard yesterday we have uh, 900 million people in the world uh, are hungry. That's depressing. Right. So I mean, that's a, there's good reason to be depressed. And to to do something with our depression and to really feel it and not go around it, that that can be very useful. And it can give us the age and maturity that we need. That's one thing. Another thing the traditions say is that depression gives us weight. That means that we, we take our lives seriously and we live seriously. I don't mean that we don't, you know, enjoy at the same time, but that... Uh, uh, that we have weight, that kind of personal weight. I just finished writing a piece that for, about politicians and gravitas. They've been talking about that lately. Gravitas meaning weight, mm-hmm. great weight. And uh, so I think that's that's another gift of depression. I'm not saying that. That's what the tradition is. It's been around for hundreds of years that 
that being depressed, if you can go through that experience, you'll come out of it having uh, uh, more substance and weight. You're writing, your new book is A Life at Work. You want to? That book is, is out now, yes. And you want to talk about that, touch on that? Sure. That book is about uh, uh, the important part of our soul work, as you were describing it before, is to find work, find a job and a career that satisfies uh, our yearning uh, to make our life meaningful and worthwhile. And it may take a long time to find that kind of work. I'm not saying you should do it, you know, in a flash. It may take years and years until you finally say, well, now this is what I've, I feel I've been, been called to do all my life. It may also be that you're called to different things at different times in your life. I don't think it has to be monolithic. But I do think it's very important as part of the overall uh, activity uh, process of living a soulful life. It's important to find work that is not just there to give you a certain level of economic success, but it's also there to satisfy that deep longing in all of us. I think everyone has it, a yearning to be creative and to make a contribution to our society. Absolutely. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that you have a busy schedule. You have to go back. Um, let me just say, you can reach Thomas Moore at www.careofthesoul.net. That's C-A-R-E-O-F-T-H-E-S-O-U-L.net. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Thomas. We really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're a blessing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for joining Shannon Taylor Talk. Be sure to post your questions and comments on our Shannon Taylor Talk Facebook group page.